You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. If you want to get more out of being an IU basketball fan, then make sure you're subscribed to our email newsletter. Go to assemblycall.com slash join today and sign up for free. That's assemblycall.com slash join. This week's edition of the Assembly Call is brought to you by SeatGeek. As you know, buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there is a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There is nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have SeatGeek on my phone. I've used it several times in the last year. I used it when Yogi Ferrell was playing for the Mavericks and went to see a couple of games. Used it to buy my wife tickets to a concert, so I can personally vouch for it. I use it. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats to any event that I want to go to. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and help you find amazing deals. And best of all, listeners to the Assembly Call get $20 off of their first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code ASSEMBLY today. That's promo code ASSEMBLY, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. And now, get ready for another brand new edition of the Assembly Call. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important IU basketball stories from the past seven days. This is episode number 39 of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 331st episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of Thursday, August 10th, 2017. I'm Jared Morris, your host for this week. Remember, if you can't catch one of our shows live, you can always catch up with our podcast, which is available everywhere. Just search for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts, and you will find us. All righty, well, let's begin how we begin every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And the banner moment this week came, I believe it was earlier today, earlier on Thursday, when Freddie McSwain uh, tweeted, Juwan Morgan is my gunner. LOL, in reference to Mocan Basketball's tweet, alum Juwan Morgan had several impressive performances at Adidas Nations, averaging 10 and 7, while shooting over 60% from three. Now look, it was a small sample size, but in three games, Juwan went three for six, two for two, and three for five from downtown, a total of eight for 13, which is pretty good. That, coupled with his strong rebounding numbers, over seven per game, is just a really great sign that Juwan is on track for the kind of junior season that we all know he's capable of and that Indiana needs him to have if the Hoosiers are going to compete in the Big Ten. And in case you were wondering, the competition at Adidas Nations is pretty good. Names you know like Trevon Blewett and Justin Jackson and Joshua Langford were there. Again, it's a small sample, and we all know that the key to any Juwan Morgan breakout is his health, but all you're looking for in the offseason is the absence of bad news and any little slivers of positive momentum and this certainly qualifies. And we will talk more about Juwan and his potential breakout junior year coming up here on the Assembly Call. That was this week's Banner Moment, brought to you as always by our friends at HoosierProud.com. And now, let me introduce my esteemed co-host for this evening. He is a man who was described earlier this week by noted Indianapolis radio personality and morning periscoper Kent Sterling as having a, quote, oversized brain. Kent clearly had a moment of delusion there. He is a columnist for the big lead, and he has apparently decided to replace at least some of his polarizing political tweets with more tweets about harmless, adorable subjects everyone can agree on, like Rally Cat and Steve Spurrier insulting SEC programs not named Florida or South Carolina. He is Ryan Phillips. Ryan, what Indiana basketball-specific topic, I feel like I need to specify this now, do you have to rant about this week? Well, I was going to talk about Rally Cat because that 
furry feline has taken the world by storm. Uh, but and, and apparently is missing now. So if you're in the St. Louis area, please find Rally Cat. Uh, do what you can and, and find Rally Cat. We need Rally Cat back badly. Um, my, I will not sleep until Rally Cat is. This show is going to need Rally Cat if you don't get on with it. Very soon. Uh, No, I think the the big story of the week was uh, Jawan Morgan's numbers at, at, you know, the Adidas Nations event against, as you said, great competition. I think it's just a heat. That's well, that's not all for me. What I wanted to say was I think it's a great indication of how these guys are getting better. And you can tell it when you watch videos from these guys. I mean, I don't know if it's Archie Miller specific or it's just they're growing and, you know, the 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 weight program and all that stuff. But these guys are all better. I mean, you, any snippet of video you've watched from these guys, they all look better, more rounded basketball players. Of course, that comes with a year of experience. Um, I mean, just looking at Deron Davis, the, the, the transformation of his body, you know he's going to be better and you know it's going to be better for the style of game he's going to need to play this year um so i think it's just you know seeing juan put those numbers up obviously i'm very high on juan as we discussed where i'm sure we're going to discuss this week because of an uh, a, a video i thought was off the air but apparently made it uh pretty wide to our audience uh hey I, if, I'm if, tra- it, if it happens while we're recording live on youtube it's on the air it just doesn't make yeah, a radio that was show my, that was my scaramucci <laughs> moment i uh, i should have known somebody was recording me um no i but i would say that i think that i'm very high on juan and i wasn't really surprised that he did well i was surprised at how great the numbers were against that competition though and i thought it was a uh, i thought it was a great sign for indiana moving forward this Yeah, no question. And we're going to talk more about Juwan Morgan's potential breakout. We have some important housekeeping this week. We've got to talk about Assembly Call Bingo and our weight loss challenge, which begins today. Uh, We also have an interesting hypothetical about how to balance being a fan, an analyst, and a journalist, Ryan, that you and I kind of went back and forth a bit uh, on email this week. That's going to be interesting. And then we have GASP, a really great move by the NCAA. And then if we have time, we have some great Twitter questions that came in as well. All of that and more on this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio. Now, you've been hearing us talk about SeatGeek on the show for a while. They've been a loyal supporter of the Assembly Call, and we are loyal users of their service, so it is a great fit. So this is a reminder to use the promo code ASSEMBLY, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y, when you create your SeatGeek account and make your first purchase so that you get $20 back after that purchase. Now, why should you use SeatGeek? Well, because it's the best place to shop for all kinds of tickets, sporting events, concerts, live shows, and specifically, it's a great place to shop for IU basketball and football tickets. For example... There are still tickets available at good prices for Indiana's opener against Ohio State, where, if you haven't heard, ESPN's College Game Day is going to be setting up shop. My guess is those tickets will be gobbled up as we get closer to game day, so act now if you're interested in going, and we need to make sure that it's IU fans who are getting those tickets, not visiting Buckeyes. To find the best price on tickets to this game and the rest of the IU football schedule, visit the URL iufbtickets.shop, not .com, .shop. That's iufbtickets.shop. By the way, that's actually our affiliate URL, meaning when you use it to browse tickets at SeatGeek, we get a healthy commission whenever a purchase is made. In other words, you get a great deal on IU tickets and you help support the assembly call. A win-win. That's iufbtickets.com. You are listening to The Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips talking IU basketball. So, Ryan, last week, as you alluded to, during our between-segment banter, which doesn't make it into the radio show or the podcast, but is live on YouTube, so it's one of the perks for the folks who watch us live on YouTube or who subscribe to the YouTube channel, you made a bold statement about Juwan Morgan. You said, and I quote, Juwan Morgan could go after this year if he's healthy, I think. My surprised response was, go where? You then responded to the NBA, to which I said, Juwan Morgan? And you said, oh, yeah. Now, if you missed it, I pulled this clip out and published it as a separate YouTube video. So just go to our YouTube channel and Again, see it. I, just everyone out there, I didn't approve him posting that. That was supposed to be a private conversation that apparently dozens of people were watching anyway. But, you know. Uh, if it's live on YouTube, it's fair game. Assemblycall.com slash YouTube is our YouTube channel. Words but, to live by right there. But here's the thing. To my surprise... A lot of people have agreed with you on this. And look, I hope it comes true. It would be incredible for Juwan and would likely mean really good things for Indiana's 2017-18 season. But I can't personally say I'm ready to state with any level of confidence that Juwan leaving early for the NBA is anything more than a pleasant pipe dream at this point. But Ryan, I would like to give you the floor to make your point publicly. This will be on the radio show. Everyone will hear it on the podcast. And again, since you said it last week, a lot of people have said they agree with you. 
Well, to be fair, what I said was I didn't think necessarily that was going to happen. I'm not predicting that's going to happen. I'm saying if he's healthy and has the year he's capable of having, I could see him going. Absolutely. Um, he's a guy who can do a lot for you. He's a great defender. He has great basketball instincts. He can play inside and outside. I think he's a better fit as sort of a 3-4 in that you know, NBA three, four mold where he can step out on the floor, hit jumpers. As we saw at Adidas nations, he hit what is eight of 13 from three. Um, his numbers were fantastic. He's a rebounder. He's tall, long, has athleticism. Those kind of guys are in vogue in the NBA right now. Um, it, you look at OG Ananobi, a guy who was certainly defense first, um, certainly more athletic than Juwan and had a higher ceiling than Juwan, but it's the same type of guy. And, he tore his ACL, missed a huge stretch of the season, and still went in the first round of the NBA draft. I mean, that you know, you have to understand what we're dealing with now in the NBA. Guys who can play multiple positions, uh, can hit jump shots, can rebound, can play defense, are becoming more highly valued, especially with the emergence of a guy like Kawhi Leonard with Draymond Green doing so well. But they're always looking for that next guy who's versatile and, and sort of a multi-level player. And that's what Jawan Morgan is. And if he has a year he's capable of, people forget before last year, People inside the program and around the Big Ten were talking about Juwan as a potential All Big Ten guy. You know, like Don, uh, Don Fisher's exact words were, "He could be one of the special players to play at Indiana University." Exactly, and those were people who were watching him day in, day out. Uh, broadcasters who would come through and watch the team practice and things like that. John Crispin, John Crispin, yeah, he he uh, said he loved his potential. Um, you, you have to understand, without injuries, Juwan Morgan is a guy who was supposed to break out last year. Again, partially because of injuries, partially because uh, you know the team was just so down last year he didn't have the year he was supposed to have and and so um yeah i think that he's certainly a guy who could explode to that next level again i'm not predicting that's going to happen i'm saying with a good year and that's what i said on the video too if you remember i'm not i'm not couching it now i said that at the time that with a good year and 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 with the the explosion that we expected last year maybe coming this year and the improvement i think that he's certainly going to be a candidate to to go forward maybe he doesn't maybe he decides to come back but he's certainly a candidate so it's premature to start the three-year plan hashtag then yes absolutely it is uh (laughs) So, I'm not I'm not stating that boldly. Uh, a couple other notes on Juwan. One is, I think, tell me if you agree, he's more athletic than he looks and that he gets credit for when he's healthy. Like there Much were some better. times, some blocks that he made. I think uh, we all remember the, you know, he had some plays in the first half of that Rutgers game where it was like, whoa, okay, Juwan's healthy. And then he got hurt in the second half of that game. And it's easy to forget how good of an athlete he can be when he's healthy. And then that obviously, again, is going to be the key is him, him staying healthy. But I also think, you know, you go back and look at his numbers from last year, and I think they're better than maybe we remember. You know, we saw him go 5 for 11 from three-point range as a freshman, and, you know, OG shot really well from three-point range as a freshman, and we're thinking, man, both these guys, they can shoot threes. And so I think a lot of people were disappointed that Juwan went 10 for 40 from downtown as a sophomore, and that part of his game wasn't there. But you look at his two-point percentage, it rose from 53.3% all the way to 65%. He improved his block rate. There was a slight uptick in his rebounding numbers. His offensive rating went up. So he really, in a lot of important ways, he improved exactly how you would want to see a guy you know, improve from his freshman to his sophomore year. And again, it just, it comes back to health with him. And I will say, you know, after digging into the numbers, looking a little bit and remembering what we were saying about him before last year, I'm buying a little bit more of what you were selling uh, last week. Wow, that's that's a bold admission right there. Uh, yeah, it, do no, we have I, that it, on the bingo card? Jared agreeing <laughs> with Ryan, giving him credit. I don't think that's uh, there, depends. Right? Depends on the uh, depends on the bingo card, I guess. But um, no, I I would say that. Uh, one thing about him, and I mentioned this with Race Thompson as well, I think there's more athleticism there that he hadn't unlocked yet, and, and it's it's the kind of thing where when guys just have to learn how to use those muscles and how to, uh, you know use them without thinking. And, and you see it sometimes when guys get a wide open dunk, they'll jump and it'd be much higher than they jump normally. That's not that that's not always there. It is always there. They just don't instinctively use it. And I think that, that that's certainly an issue with Juwan and hopefully the new, you know, strength program is helping to unlock that. We saw it with a guy like Thomas Bryant. I mean, it, I, I mentioned that a lot, but he got much more athletic as his time at Indiana went on. So what, what would you say? Last point about Juwan. What do you think is the most important thing for him to show people at the next level is it he needs to improve his three-point shooting does he need to take his defense up to the next level does he need to be able to create more offense individually like what's the biggest thing he needs to play a whole season without going down with an injury well that's beyond because we know that 
uh, it, I think it's going to be um, improved ball handling because he's probably going to have to play a three at the next level. Um, so it's going to be improved ball handling um, and, and you know, an ability to create on offense, not necessarily be a, a go-to creator off the wing like a Victor Oladipo kind of guy uh, that we saw at Indiana, but a guy who can create his own shot and get get into some open opportunities. Um if he can be a three and D man though, and show lockdown defense and, and, and an increased three point percentage, I think that could be uh, a benefit as well. Uh, yeah. So, it, you know, you'd like to see him create a little off the drive though, and off the bounce. And, and that's something we really haven't seen so far. Yep. All right. Well, coming up on the assembly call, some important housekeeping notes about our healthy Hoosiers weight loss challenge and the fun new sensation that is sweeping through Hoosier nation that is coming up on the assembly call. Stick with us. You are listening to The Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris talking IU basketball with my co-host on The Assembly Call IU postgame show, Ryan Phillips. So, Ryan, we have a couple of important housekeeping notes that we want to handle in this segment. And I want to start, you know, last week I kind of made an offhanded comment. Uh, I don't remember if you said something or I said something, but I made an offhanded comment that, you know, if you have your Assembly Call bingo cards, you can check off that box. And actually, and, and a couple of people mentioned it on Twitter, and it got me thinking, It'd be kind of fun to actually do some assembly call bingo. We've been around now for six years. This will be our seventh year. You know, we've got kind of some inside jokes and some different things that people kind of wait for and will razz us for on Twitter when we uh, when we say them. Like me comparing apparently every guard that Tom Crean uh, recruited to Greg Graham. Uh, and so with a few minutes of free time, I actually went in and found a cool service that will create these bingo cards for us and randomize them when you put in a whole bunch of different things that we might say. So if you are interested in participating along with us on the show, go to assemblycall.com slash bingo. You will get the link to where you can get your randomized bingo card uh, and the rules. And basically what we're going to do is the first person who gets a bingo, and it's got to be all during one show, let us know. We're going to get you a, a shirt from hoosierproud.com. And we'll kind of see how this works. If there's like six people getting bingos every show, we might need to change it up a little bit. But it's just kind of, I think, a fun, interactive way to get you, the audience, involved more in the show and to be able to call us out when we, <laughs> you know, go back to the, uh, to the same memes over and over again, like I did earlier, referencing your, uh, your Noah Vonley two year plan. So, uh, your thoughts on Jerk. assembly call bingo. I actually thought that Alex Bozich had the greatest line when he said that the square for uh, someone makes a joke at Ryan's expense should be the free square in the middle. Probably should be, quite frankly, the way this show has gone. I don't know. I mean, uh, you guys are just jealous because I'm the fan favorite. I mean, well, let's face it. Uh, I mean, every every poll we do, every time we do one, it's it's me. Um, I'm pretty sure my I, wife no. doesn't even listen to the show unless you're on it. So see there, she's I laughing. I, she's laughing over there. I can't. I can't help it. Hi, Heather. Uh, Ryan says hi. Uh, I, I can't I can't I can't help it. Um just that charming. No, uh I think it I think it's a great idea, by the way. Uh I, I think it's fun and, and if you guys uh if you're missing bingo by one square, let us know what it was and uh you can get mad at us and, and have a back and forth. But uh yeah, I, I think it's awesome and, and I hope you guys have fun playing it. And again, if you if you you go to the link where you get the bingo card, it'll randomize. So, you know, let's say that Reload. we're yeah. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see the strategy that goes into this, right? Like tonight, obviously it's just us on the show so you would not want a bingo card that includes the inside jokes about andy uh you know there's stuff on there of course ethan but even Hatt if you have that you can get a you can get a row that has no andy in it exactly you know? i mean if you randomize it correctly so exactly the other thing that would be interesting is if someone is one square away will they try to bait us into saying something by putting it in the chat or sending us a tweet i'll be really interested to see the kind of uh, the kind of in-game strategy that occurs here as we're going through these shows so I'm looking forward yeah, to I mean, it. It'll be fun. Look, look, guys, there's a free T-shirt on the line. You know, this is a big deal. This is huge. This is huge. So assemblycall.com slash bingo. Just a fun thing that we'll certainly do in the off season. If you guys like it, we'll keep doing it uh, all the way uh, through the season. Now, let's go with our next. Unfortunately, by the way, we are not we are not eligible to play. So we can't cheat on behalf of ourselves. No. Uh, just FYI. <laughs> yeah, that, so that we are not, not eligible for a free T-shirt, unfortunately. <laughs> that would not work. Um, OK, so our next bit of housekeeping. We've alluded to this. We've talked about it on Twitter. It is official starting tonight and that is the hashtag healthy Hoosiers offseason weight loss challenge now this was inspired by Deron Davis dropping eight percent of his body weight this offseason uh, of course the close work that he did with Cliff Marshall 
And this inspired us because, frankly, uh, your assembly call crew, we are in, you know, we're in game shape in terms of being ready to analyze, you know, basketball and and give you all that kind of insight. But we're not really in game shape in terms of like physically. And we need to get there. And we need to get there before the season starts because obviously then things get crazy. So that's why we're going to focus on it now in the off season. And we have all pledged to basically lose the same percent of our body weight that Deron Davis did. So he lost about 8% of his body weight. We are all going to lose 8% of our body weight by November 2nd. So that gives us 12 weeks from tonight. And we want you to join us. So the way that you can participate is we're going to do official weigh-ins every Thursday. And we'll, you know, tweet a picture of the scale or you know tweet what our weight is uh, and use the hashtag healthy Hoosiers and let's get as many people doing this as possible and just a quick note we want this to be healthy you know no crash diets no going and sitting in the saunas for hours you know if you're already at a pretty healthy weight but you want to participate then maybe you know you have some other kind of commitment like you want to you know run four miles a day or whatever it is you can still participate if it's not a weight loss thing but for us on the show we all have a few extra pounds, and we want to lose them, and so that's what we're going to do, and obviously, it's a fun little tie-in with Deron Davis. So it starts tonight, 12 weeks. Let's use Twitter to encourage each other, to hold each other accountable, and I think this will be fun. Uh, Ryan, your, your thoughts on this before I read off the official weights that we are starting at? Well, I, I think I'm at a, a bit of a disadvantage because I, I, I opened the year not knowing we were going to do this, and I've lost like... 15 to 20 pounds at the beginning of the year. So I'm. See, I opened the year not knowing we were going to do this, and I have gained 15 to 20 pounds. So I put You're myself a in a great guy. position. <laughs> I drank a bunch of water before I weighed myself today just to help, I think, give myself a little cheat up. Uh, uh, probably two liters, and I've got another one here. But um, yeah, luckily I live in a warm climate, so uh, I'll be able to sweat off more on a daily basis, I think, than the other guys. Well, no, you're in Texas, so uh, yes. I don't know. Yes. Um, but yeah, we're not really, to be fair, we're not really competing with each other here. We're all just trying to reach our own goal. So I think that's yeah. a good thing. Um, although whoever wins is certainly going to get bragging rights. And if you've ever listened to the show, you know that they're never, ever, ever going to let anybody else forget about it. So, yeah. uh, so there is extra incentive there, even though there's no prize at the end. Yep. So real quick, here are the weights that we're starting at. Andy's at 192.2. He needs to lose 15 pounds to get to 177.2. Zach is, as he described it, at a whopping but sexy 358.8. He's got to hit 330. Uh, I'm at 229.9. I need to lose 17.8 pounds to hit 205.1. And Ryan, you are at currently? 217 uh, after drinking a lot of water this morning. So I, I, I'm roughly 200 is what I have to get to. Okay. At- Six three two hundred is a tad skinny, so we'll see if I get there. We will see. So let's let's see let's see how much cumulative weight we can lose. Uh, and just remember, in the words of Cliff Marshall, you can't outtrain a bad diet. So make sure that you're eating well. Combine that with some exercise, and let's all get in shape before the season. And uh, you know, let's have some fun with this too. Anything else yeah, about make, the healthy Hoosiers it'll, weight it'll, loss? It'll challenge? make it'll make gaining weight in the winter so much more fun. If you're like, hey, I just lost weight. I can I can come on. Right. I can, I can easily burn that back off. I mean, we won't, but it, it, you have faith in yourself. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Uh, well, you are listening to The Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips talking IU basketball. So, Ryan, let's cover one of the stories that we wanted to cover in the next segment right now because we have a little bit of extra time. And let's talk about... I want to save our kind of email conversation for a full segment so we have more sure. time to dive into it. So let's talk about the the good decision the kind of forward thinking decision that the NCAA made regarding the NCAA tournament uh, to kind of energize the post game celebration so basically this was uh, inspired by the basketball tournament which is you know kind of the off season tournament where you know a bunch of different teams compete for i think it was 2 million dollars this year and after games they have someone from the team go and write the team name in, you know, the next line in the bracket. It's kind of a cool, you know, little uh, little tradition uh, and something that happens after every game. This is going to start happening now for the NCAA tournament. So basically, in between visits to the handshake line and the postgame news conference, players are going to huddle up. There's going to be a large reproduction of the tournament bracket. And then there will be a designated player that goes and, like, places a sticker or a card representing his team. Sharpie. And, yeah, or a Sharpie. Uh, and advancing them on to the next stage of the bracket, which is kind of this small little silly thing. But I think it's awesome. I think this is an absolutely great idea. 
and I'm, you know, I'm a little. I, I, I will say this. On the one hand, I'm surprised the NCA is doing this just because we see them make so many poor decisions. But I will yes. say some of the decisions that they've been making with the tournament, you know, for instance, with bringing in more advanced metrics into the selection process. Uh, there are some forward-thinking people that are in charge of the tournament that I think are making some good decisions, and I appreciate their the humility that they're showing in doing this because this is, I mean, they're straight up lifting this from the basketball tournament and with full credit. I mean, they're fully saying that that's where they got this from. And I just think it's a really great sign. And I think this is going to be a really cool thing to make an already amazing tournament even a little bit better. Yeah. And I think that the uh, Rick Bozich wrote about it and I thought that it was a really interesting that he said that the, the selection of who gets to do it will be very cool too. whether it's a walk on, you could take an injured player, maybe who doesn't get to participate in the tournament to do it, uh, could be a coach, an assistant coach, or it could be the star of the game. Whoever's, you know, it'll be interesting to see, like, we'll all speculate on who's going to get to do it during the game. You know, it's like the podium game thing. Um, and, and so that, that is very cool that, you know, you could get to see a walk on who may never play, get to do something like that, something special. And then of course, to get to see it, the guy who does it for the championship team would be awesome as well. You oh, know, man, who they pick yeah. and all that. So, you know, stuff like that. Really cool. Um, will be great to see small school teams who get upsets. You know the smaller the the, the you know the underdog teams who get upsets figured out and all that stuff. So um, yeah, no, I think it's a great idea and I think it's awesome that they're doing it. Yeah, no, and it's it's just like I said. I mean, it's it's nice to see the NCA kind of taking a forward looking view with the NCA tournament, not kind of resting on its laurels um, because it's it's such a great event. But there's there's still room for improvement with it, and it's great to see them continuing to improve it. Alrighty, let's uh, let's move forward here. Coming up on the assembly call, we are going to talk about the conversation, Ryan, that you and I had via email. How do you balance being a journalist and a fan? Let's get into that. Coming up next. You are listening to The Assembly Call. Go to assemblycall.com slash join to activate your free membership. You will get our weekly six-banner Sunday news roundup delivered right to your inbox every Sunday morning so that you can stay up to date with your Hoosiers during the off-season. And even once the season begins, the URL is assemblycall.com slash join. I am Jared Morris talking IU basketball with my co-host on The Assembly Call, Ryan Phillips. And Ryan, you and I got into a discussion on email this week, and we decided that we wanted to bring it here to the airwaves. And, you know, basically the, the big idea is how do you balance, you know, your role being a journalist, being an analyst and being a fan? Uh, and what got me thinking about this was we did an interview on podcast on the brink this week with Brandon Spahn, who's the graphic designer for uh, all of Indiana University. And, you know, I started uh, for some reason, you know, at the end of it, I was just thinking like, you know, just hypothetically, like, let's say that he, you know, mentioned something on the show, you know, didn't realize it, a slip of the tongue or, or whatever, and it was some kind of NCA violation, like a serious NCA violation, right? Would we publish that episode? Like, what would I do with that or with that knowledge? And, you know, considering that I started, you know, when I started with the assembly call, when we started the show, it was totally as fans, uh, you know, not from a journalistic perspective at all. To me, it was a pretty clear answer what I would do. You know, I would, I would not run it. <laughs> and it got me thinking about maybe, you know, something more serious. Like if someone came to me with knowledge of some really serious impropriety within the program, not something that was amoral, like if it was, you know, something immoral, I would certainly report that and, you know, not want that to happen. But if it was just, you know, maybe something unethical just in terms of NCAA rules, what would I do with that information? That's when I emailed you because I was curious from your perspective, someone with a journalistic background and you know, you're, that is what your career is. That's not you know, necessarily what my career is. I wonder if we would view that in a different way. And I also kind of wonder, you know, our listeners, our assembly call listeners, what would, what would they expect me or us to do with that information? You know, since we are kind of a fan show, would they expect us to put the team first or would they expect us to give them as much information as we have, which is what you typically expect of a journalist? And so I'm, I'm kind of curious. I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. I'm curious to get the thoughts of our audience, both in the chat, on Twitter. Uh, where do you come down on this? 
Well, as a journalist, I, I have to be a journalist first and a fan second. Um, and, and so I would say that in, in any case where I found out, and this is, and the speculation we are, we're putting this in here is it's not speculation. You have hard proof or evidence of an NCA, a major violation. We're not talking, you know, something small. We're talking a major NCA violation. You have, uh, knowledge of it. And I would and, have, and, to and you have reason that. to believe it might not come out if you don't say anything. Yes. And well, even then, even then, I think that even if you think it's going to come out eventually, I think if you know something, it's your responsibility to report it. And, and uh, as a journalist, that would be my instinct and not to get a scoop or anything like that. But because um, where's my integrity if I don't report it, you know, because uh, the, my question would then be, would you report it if it was Kentucky or, or a rival? You know, would you report it if it was Purdue? Uh, and the answer, I think, for all of us would be yes, of course, because we don't want them getting an unfair advantage. And if that's the answer, then you can't be dishonest. You have to report it when it's your team, too. And and I would say even here at, at Assembly Call and in you guys, we have a responsibility. Our responsibility is not to IU. Our responsibility is not to the Hoosiers. Our responsibility is to our audience. And, and, and we regardless of how we started this and we started it as fans just having fun, we now have an audience and we have built up an audience and, and these people look to us to be honest with them. And you have to be honest with your audience at all times. And if you know something that is major for a fact, withholding that from your audience is, I think, not the right way to go about things. I mean, I think that the audience would say, look, we – want your guys' honest opinion. They they tune in to listen to our opinions. They tune in to listen to our takes. And I think that it is our job to be honest with them. And and, and so I think that, um, you know, they're fans, and obviously I'm sure they don't want to hear about uh, violations and things like that associated with their team. But at the same time, they expect honesty from us, and they expect us to be uh, forthright with them. And I think that we have a responsibility to our audience to do that. Let's be clear. There's no subtext here. <laughs> We're not being no, not at aggressive. all. Like, like yeah. there's nothing that based this on. It was just kind of a you know just a thought that I had, and that's why we're talking we're talking this out. So it's interesting. You know, you talk about the responsibility to the audience, and you know, I wonder. Like, so you don't view the big lead any different from the assembly call when it comes to this, because I, like, I, I, I agree. We have responsibility to the audience first, but we've all like this show, we've always been a fan show. Like we've never, you know, it's not like we try to have some level of objectivity. You know, we know we're rooting for Indiana. Now we try to be as objective as we can analyzing the team, but there's no question. We support the team. We want the team to do well. So couldn't you also argue that, I mean, we do have, and, and allegiance to the team. And you might be able to say that our responsibility to our audience would be to do what's in the best interest of Indiana basketball. And again, if it's something immoral, that's totally different. But if it's just an, uh, you know, a violation of an NCAA rule that maybe we don't even agree with, then would that be at that point, wouldn't it really be almost more? The only reason really to report that would be to, to break the news, right? I mean, would it, what would really be the benefit to our audience and to the ultimate goals of, of this show in particular to break that? I get what you're doing at the big lead. That's different. But I, I see a difference between what we do and what a site like the big lead is doing. I, I would agree with you that it's different in some ways, but the fact that it would be happening to the team that we cover here and to the team that we discussed, and I, I do not think you can look at it as we have a responsibility to Indiana or the team. They're not paying us. You know, this isn't, we're not responsible for them and they're not responsible for us. Yeah, but without we them, we have nothing to discuss. I mean, so we, we are, are fans picking- of that program. We are fans of that program, and we want to see it do well. I think is we're very open about that. Um, but at the same time, I think our bigger responsibility now is to the audience, and 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 the audience deserves the truth, whether it's a hard truth they don't want to hear, or or it's something you know great. They deserve to hear what's really going on. And if we know that something wrong is going on, and I don't care if it's a if it's an NCAA violation you don't agree with, if you're breaking the rules, you're breaking the rules. And, and, you know, I don't care if it's you think kids should be getting paid or whatever, because morality shifts on that stuff, you know. But if you know, let's say you think athletes should be paid, college athletes should be paid, and you know and you have documentation and you have facts that a player on Indiana or another school that you're a fan of is getting paid and you're hosting a show about that school and you don't report it, you're complicit in the violation and you're complicit wow. in the in the growing um 
nature of that program getting dirtier because if one kid's getting pl- getting paid then they're going to and they get away with it they'll pay another kid and they'll pay another kid and it'll get out of control and you have an old miss situation okay where- so so is the first thing that you would do then would be just to go live or would you try cuz like you just said i mean if your goal is to stop the erosion of the program then would you try and handle it through back channels and say look i know x is going on i feel like i have a responsibility to report it but if you can you know guarantee or say that you know you're going to fix this you know uh, we're big supporters of the program we don't want to blow the whole thing open so we want to give you this opportunity to to correct it before we say anything like i know i wouldn't do i wouldn't do that i would contact the program let them know i knew what was going on and ask if they had a comment on it or what they planned to do about it and then i would go and report not only what i knew but what the program told me and then, you know, it will be handled with the NCAA after that. You know, I mean, I, I would I would give them a chance to respond, certainly. Um, but I but it, it's not my responsibility to to do their housekeeping and to baby them. Um, if it, you know, look, if it's an outside agent paying a player, yeah, maybe I make them aware, but I'm still going to talk about it. Uh, I'm still going to go public with it. Um, but at the same time, you know, like I said, I, I, I love Indiana. I love Indiana basketball. I don't want to see anything bad happen to it. But if that's, if there's violations going on and they're aware of them, um, there's already something bad going on with it. You know, that, that is bad. And that is already, you know, legitimately a problem with the program. And I don't want to see my, I don't want to win like that. And I, I don't want the program to exist like that. That's that's who I am as a fan. I don't like that kind of stuff. And I don't, you know, I realize there's a lot of, well, everybody does it kind of stuff these days. But I look at Indiana as different from Kentucky or, 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 or Louisville or a program that is that has been in the dirt before, UNC. Um, I don't want my program, you know, dealing with that kind of stuff. And and, and so, yeah, I, I would certainly report it. And I would certainly um, hope that you guys would support that. I think that, I mean, I realize it's a different perspective being that I'm a journalist and that's how I was brought up. And my first thing is, hey, news first, fandom second. Um, I'm certainly a diehard fan, but when it comes to something like that, I've got to, I have a responsibility, I think, in 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 my job to report it. And, and I think that our responsibility here is to be honest with our audience, what we know at all times. You're listening to the Assembly Column, Jared Morris here talking IU basketball with Ryan Phillips. It's interesting. I mean, I I see your perspective, and I mean, I I can definitely see why you would report it on the big lead. I'd be I'd be interested to know what our audience would want us to do. Um, you know, because I think part of my hesitation to uh, look, I I feel like I would try and go more the back channel route, especially in the beginning. Uh, in part because I don't know that I trust the punishment to fit the crime. And so once the cat gets out of the bag, now you're at the mercy of an organization that hasn't really been consistent in the hammers that they've laid down. And we saw, you know, obviously the entire program get detonated because of some phone calls that aren't even illegal anymore. And so, you know, the shift and, and look, I'm not saying that that was right. And I don't want Indiana to be about that. Um, but you know, again, I just, you know, I, and, and that's probably the difference between our perspectives on this. You know, you're a journalist first. I look at myself as a fan and an analyst, but I don't necessarily feel the same responsibility to report every single thing that I know. Um, you know, because I feel part of what we do is we provide support for the program. We provide a forum to analyze and discuss the program, but I, the responsibility that I feel doesn't extend in the same way that it does for you. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I look at it and maybe it's the bitter journalist in me. If they're not paying me, I'm not responsible to them. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't have, well, but, uh, but I mean, you know, look, I love, you know, the, we I have, we have sponsors now treated. we have support. So there is some revenue coming into the show and without the team, without the program, you know, without some of the legitimacy that they've given us by, you know, giving us credentials to games, that kind of thing. You know, I mean, so there, there is, I mean, we are, you know, to a certain extent, you know, uh, you know, I mean, we need the program to exist. I mean, we are reliant on them. So now it's a symbiotic relationship because obviously coverage helps and positive promotion helps, you know, and we provide that. But I mean, I, I do, you know, there is, I think, some gratitude to be extended to the program in that sense is what I'm saying. But I also think that it's our job to be critical. and We need to be critical. And we've had we've had chances with that. We've had brushes with that in the past. It is it is, um, you know, it, it this isn't state controlled media, you know, I mean, they, you know, we, uh, are responsible to 
give our true opinions and, 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 you know, be critical when it, as I said, when it's time to be critical. And I think if violations were going on, major violations that we were aware of, I think it'd be, it'd be, uh, it would behoove us to, to be critical of the program and to bring it to light and, um, and be honest about it. And I think, I think I, you always got to err on the side of honesty and withholding the truth is, is dishonest, is inherently dishonest to me, um, as much as lying, uh, withholding the truth might not be as bad as telling an out and out lie, uh, in some eyes. But I think that if you're, if you are withholding the, the, if you are withholding something, you are not being truthful. So I know I can see you over there sort of pondering this and, and wondering if uh, you've presented you've on. presented some compelling arguments i have to say wow now I wow mean, look i'm just trying to get all of my compliments and positive just let's just get them all out in one show but you may have just got bingo on but that. <laughs> <laughs> no i you know when you say it like that i i think you make compelling arguments and i think it's it, you know, it is true. I mean, also part of what a show like this does is hold a program to the standard that we think it should be held to. And that's not just wins and losses. That's also how the program conducts itself. And, you know, maybe it's myopic. Maybe it's short-term thinking to just think, well, you know, we wouldn't want to say anything about this because it could detonate the program. But like you're saying, maybe it's slowly eroding from the inside and saying something's actually in the better long-term. You're already on so, that path, I think. Yeah. I, but I, again, I go back to... um you know, the thought of if you found out something about a rival program, would you run to report it? Yeah, of course you would, because you don't want them having an unfair advantage. If you would do that to another program, I feel like you have the responsibility to do the same thing to yours, because otherwise you're inherently being dishonest. And and uh, so that that's my stance on it. I mean, obviously, I am coming at it from a different angle, but uh, I think that, you know, it's about it's about honesty, being honest with yourself and being honest with the audience. Yeah. I'm sure we'll get plenty of feedback on this. Like, just shut up. I, Do not ever say anything. <laughs> I, no, I, I want feedback. I want, I want real feedback for what, you know, if we were in that situation, what would you want us to do? Deep in your heart of hearts, what would you want us to do? I'll be, I'll be really interested to hear. I, I think this 15-minute conversation has swung me more to your side than I thought I would be. Um, wow. Because I, I think, you know, because you are, I mean, you would be to a certain extent, you know, compromising compromising the truth in that in that case. And I think... You know, again, it depends on how you view your responsibility. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm going to think about it more. But I think you uh, you made some compelling arguments, and I'll be interested to hear what everybody else has to say. Well, thank you. So tweet us at Assembly Call. Let us know what you think about this, or shoot me an email if you're not a Twitter person. Jared at Assembly Call J E R O D, and I'll forward that to you, Ryan, if we get emails. Huh. Sounds good. All right, that was a fun conversation. Uh, you want to do some Twitter questions? We've got some time left. Let's do it. Okay, so coming up in our next segment, we got some interesting questions, uh, and so we are going to answer those as we do every week. That is in our final segment here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. You are listening to the Assembly Call. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips talking IU basketball, wrapping up another week of Assembly Call conversation. And Ryan, we got another round of Twitter questions. So let's dive into these. Our first question comes from Florida Hoosier 1. And he says, uh, is Archie good enough to move Demise from small forward to shooting guard? He's talking about Demise Anderson, one of Indiana's sure. commits. Uh, Justin Smith from power forward to small forward. Clifton Moore from power forward to wing. Race Thompson from power forward to wing. Uh, and keep Al Durham at the point, uh, thus making them better NBA prospects. My first reaction to reading this is that I really feel like in basketball anymore, it's not about point guard, shooting guard, power forward, center, small forward. It's much more about ball handlers, wings, and posts. And when you look at it from that perspective, the difference between a small forward and a shooting guard, you know, there isn't that big of a difference. Obviously, I think of all of those, you know, taking Clifton Moore, you know, a 6'10", 6'11 guy, you know, he's a guy who's going to play out facing the basket, not a back-to-the-basket guy like Deron Davis. Um, but you're not – you know, so I think that would be the one that would be the most interesting. But I think that's what, what everybody is expecting from him already. Um, and so I, I, and I think Archie is a guy who is forward thinking very much with the times. So I don't think he views basketball players within rigid positions. Um, so I guess the answer would be yes. I think he's plenty good enough to allow these guys positions to be malleable, uh, which is what they need to be able to do in the NBA. 
Yeah, uh, moving just not 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 to rip on you, Florida Hoosier one, but that that question is so 2010. We don't have positions in basketball anymore, don't you know that? It's positionless. Everyone's going positionless. No, uh, I, I think Jared, you're right about the ball handlers and wings and posts, and it really is that is what. It, and a lot of the posts can move out on the perimeter and shoot threes now. Um, so really, it's just about making those guys uh, more versatile. I think that's really what the question is, and, and and it's not about specific positions, but it's about making them more versatile. And and I think you can get to a spot where you have guard, you know, your guard, small forward, power forward are kind of interchangeable. Um, then with a guy like Demise or something like that, he could play all three. If you can get, you know, Justin Smith to that position as well, um, then yes, that is, that is what you want to do. And I think that Archie is that guy because I think he wants his guys to be versatile. I think this year you're going to have a smaller backcourt, um, but I think that eventually everybody's shifting to have sort of like a six-five guy as your, you know, I guess what you would call your shooting guard, but he can also move to to the wing and you know play small forward. Um, and, and I think that, you know, that is sort of where the game is moving. And I, and I think we'll see that. And I think Archie's going to embrace that. It seems like he really prizes versatility and that might be because he typically had smaller teams at Dayton, but, um, you know, we'll see how it plays out with Indiana, obviously. Uh, but I think he's a guy who certainly is forward thinking and, and pushes that positionless, uh, thing where everybody can kind of interact. And then it makes it easier defensively because you can switch everything, which makes life so much easier, especially for the, for, um, the guards. No, no doubt about it. All right. Jake said, big 10 question. What are your guys projected standings for the upcoming year and first team big 10 players? Sadly, I would assume Michigan state dominates. Uh, yes. So Michigan state is the prohibitive favorite. Not only are they the most talented team in the conference by a decent amount, I think, but if you looked at inside the halls ratings of the unbalanced schedules, they actually came out as the easiest schedule. Yes. So the best coached, <laughs> the most talented and the easiest schedule, Michigan state is pretty much, they to me feel like about as much of a slam dunk big 10 champion as Wisconsin was a few years ago when they also had the easiest schedule and were by far the best team. So, uh, well, let's also remember too a, a fact to throw in there in the wrench. And my pick is Michigan State as well. But some of Izzo's most talented teams have not been his best teams. There, that true. has happened in the past, and I'm not saying that's going to happen this year because we all know that's a guy you never doubt, and I do not doubt him. Um, but I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, this year with so much talent. Uh, the thought is, and most of these, most of the kids that are there, the thought is that they really do buy into the team concept. They all know they're going to the NBA. They're not about showboating. They're not about showing off. They're about just doing work. And uh, so that is why everybody is so high on Michigan State. But let's remember in the past, his super talented teams haven't necessarily been his best. Yeah. And then, you know, when I look at the rest of the conference, I really think that Minnesota and Purdue, to me, looking at it preseason are the next two teams. And then I look at, you know, Northwestern, Maryland, Indiana, uh, you know, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, even throw Penn State in there. I see those teams as kind of being in that next group and, and really anyone could emerge there. So that's kind of how I see it. My first team all Big Ten predictions at this point would be Miles Bridges, Ethan Happ, Nate Mason, Vincent Edwards. And then in maybe the surprise, I'm going with Robert Johnson because I think he has an all Big Ten level season. I just think from a usage perspective, from an experience perspective, uh, I think he's going to really step it up and have a big year. And I think if he does that and Indiana plays well, then he's got a chance to get on that first team, uh, all Big Ten team. What do you think, uh, you know, outside of Michigan State, who do you like and what's your first team all Big Ten prediction? Yeah, I think I think it's Michigan State. Uh, I like Minnesota, but I also feel like that's a team primed to regress a little bit, uh, same as Northwestern. Uh, but I think we're, we, we are exactly in the same boat as far as groupings go. I say Michigan State, then I say that Minnesota-Purdue are probably in that second tier uh, with Northwestern, Maryland, Indiana, sort of all you know fighting to be the 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 third team in that second tier um let's remember this indiana team is very talented Uh, we didn't see it as much last year but this indiana team is very talented and and i think it's gonna be interesting to see how they play in archie miller's system but i think they're certainly a threat to move into that top four um and as for all big 10 it's pretty much the same as yours um robert johnson is is a is a borderline guy what's the kid from northwestern who i'm completely blanking mcintosh yeah mcintosh would be instead of robert johnson i think on mine yeah um but so do you want want to say the wisconsin guy and give people a bingo square no (laughs) i don't uh miles bridges though is uh is certainly my my pick for for player of the year 
Uh, okay. I'm not giving away an easy. I'm not giving away an easy an easy bingo square there. The make guy it, who travels all the time. Yeah, make it, yeah. Make it difficult. Okay. Now we've got some quick hit questions here. So Alex Johnson, what freshman makes the biggest impact this year? I'm saying Justin Smith because he's the most physically ready. I think Clifton Moore maybe fits a need more than Justin Smith does, uh, and so I think he'll certainly get time. But I and so I think he's kind of the 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 upside candidate. Uh, but I think Justin Smith is the safe choice. And with freshmen, you kind of want to go safe because there tends to be a long adjustment period for them. Yeah, Justin Smith is my pick, too. He is the most physically ready, as you wrote uh, on our little uh, pre-show uh, write-up. Uh, I think that he's he's the most physically ready, and I think that he could step in and contribute right away, uh, whereas some of the other guys are going to need some time, or the depth chart just doesn't play out in their direction. Uh, Clifton Moore, as I've said for a long time, needs to eat a ham sandwich pretty much every hour of every day until the season starts. I mean, the Clifton kid needs Moore does to, not need to be doing the healthy Hoosiers offseason. No, he's challenge. the opposite to, of what we're doing. He yeah. needs to steal some of our extra pounds. Uh, so I think that, that that is uh is a guy who, who needs to put on weight and maybe when he does, he can play, but we might see him more in the preseason than we do uh, in the big 10 season. Uh, once it gets down to the, the nitty gritty. All right. Jeff says, asks, what is the ceiling and floor for the 2017, 18 IU squad? To me, the ceiling is a top five finish in the Big Ten NCAA tournament and making the Sweet 16. Uh, I think the floor is, you know, ninth or tenth in the Big Ten. You know, maybe there's some injuries, guys don't gel, you know, struggle with Archie's system. So I think that's the floor, but I definitely think that this team has a ceiling of making it to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. What do you say? I would say top four finish in the Big Ten is the ceiling. I don't know about the tournament. I mean, that's, you know, we, we know my feelings on the tournament being a gigantic crapshoot. So I would say just top four in the Big Ten. Uh, and then the floor, I would put them as a bubble team uh, that maybe one of the top teams to make the NIT or one of the low end teams to make the tournament would be my pick for the your floor is a little bit higher than what I said yeah I think that I think that Archie will figure it out and find a way to get the steam in the NSA tournament I really do or at least beyond the bubble real quick we have 10 seconds who is the one recruit from the Korean area we missed out on that you would have most liked to have gotten someone we legitimately recruited hard Uh, I'll just take this actually Ryan do you have one real quick super quick I'm going to go. No, with, that's the same as yours. I'm going Gary Harris because he would have been the missing piece on the 2013 team. That would have been awesome. All right, that'll do it for us on this week's edition of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live simulcast of our Assembly Call radio recording. Or you can always subscribe to our podcast by searching for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com slash join to activate your free Assembly Call membership. Thank you for listening. We will be back to talk IU hoops again with you next week. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client.